What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, what's going on? Eric, good to see you. Here we go. Another another episode, another couple weeks in the books. Onward, right? I hear we're talking about football today. Football. Well, <laughs> it's everybody gets their fix after the Super Bowl. And, and yeah. so now we're rolling up uh, into NFL draft season. So that gets people fired up for at least the summer of no losses for their favorite team, right? Yeah, yeah. yep, there you go. <laughs> and second guessing of the draft and all that good stuff. Yeah. The, the board is back at zero. We get to start over again. There, everybody's an expert before the season starts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's kind of funny because just in the last episode, we we joked how somebody had challenged me to use mythology. And so then I had a follow-up and somebody's like, well, how about the NFL? Can you use the NFL? You know, giving me a hard time. Well, I'll show them. Two well, weeks guess. later, here we go. Yes, we can. <laughs> 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 All right, and you've, you've titled this podcast Six Life Lessons from NFL Owners, right? Yeah, it's interesting. We're going to dig into this, but the real, I guess I'll give the spoiler alert here, is that really, really smart people can can do some silly things too, and we can learn from that. So. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go through these six examples one at a time. You're going to give a little bit of information on them, and then we're, you're going to kind of circle back and really tackle what the issues are or were um, and maybe some resolutions or maybe some ideas on how that could have been avoided, right? Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting because anybody that tunes into the NFL, you know, they, they see they see pictures of these owners sitting up in the skybox. Oh yeah. Everybody thinks, boy, what a glamorous, you know, gig that must be, or, you know, or how'd they get their money, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. So we're going to, you know, yeah, get some history in place and then uh, circle back around and, and there's going to be a good takeaway for everybody, no matter what walk of life you're in today or your level of wealth. I mean, we can all learn from this stuff. Oh yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just disclose, I gotta be honest right up front half the time, well, maybe not half, but probably a third of the time that, you know, the game's going on and the cameraman focuses up on the box and the owner's sitting there. My first thought is, huh, that guy's still alive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. There you go. So eh, anyway, it's a bunch of old people up in a, bo in a box, but whatever. Well, and, yeah. And, and here we go. We're going to go through six of these and, and I will disclose that right now. Five of them are deceased. So we've got oh. one active owner and the, the other five, uh, not so much. Not, not, not as active. <laughs> <laughs> less active. <laughs> Much less active. All right. We well, will also uh, provide Eric's home phone number at the end of the episode so that the family members of these uh, less NFL owner, <laughs> owners can contact you direct on a weekend or an evening. Yes. If they, if they feel like they need to tell me how active they still are, by all means, give me a call. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's start going through this list. Number one, Joe Roby, Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So he, so he was, his claim to fame, fame was basically, he was an attorney 
and a politician. He he was born in 1916 in Sisseton, South Dakota. So he right here from the Mid- Midwest, kind of small town. And after enlisting in the Navy, you know, he gets out of there, uses the GI Bill, goes to law school. Kind of a cool story. And, yeah. and so then from there, you know, does some attorney work. He's a professor. Um, and I and I really found this interesting is that then at some point in the, in his life he moved to Minneapolis at the encouragement of the mayor at the time, who was Hubert H. Humphrey, hmm. famous name of the former Metrodome of the Minnesota Vikings, you know, yeah, random. But here's here's the real another interesting tidbit is that everybody wonders where do these owners make their money, right? And and so being an attorney, being a politician, you know, those are somewhat mainstream occupations, I guess I'd say. But here yeah. it is. He was a lobbyist for the tobacco industry from the oh, 60s really? until very, very late in his life. And so what that tells me, and this is Corey's opinion alone, you know, there, there was a time when there was really, really large settlements paid by the tobacco industry. And I have a feeling some wealth creation was tied to that yeah. from the attorney's office. I'm, I'm willing to bet that's pretty accurate. And, and, and I should clarify this too. I, my goal here is not to judge, not to crucify these people. You know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Everybody's entitled in our country to make a living how they want to. And, and so, you know, so be it. You know, I'm a capitalist too. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two, Pat Bolin from Denver Broncos. Yeah. So actually this is another sort of Midwest guy too. He was born in 1944 in Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. And so Again, he was a lawyer. That's interesting. So one of his hmm. parents was Canadian, one was American. So he, he kind of bounced back and forth over the border, it appears. But ultimately, his family had an oil business, oil company. And so he kind of double dipped in, in two big industries of legal work. Um, and then also the oil industry, real estate developing, a uh, lot of investments in the mining industry. So kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. All right, Bob McNair from the Houston Texans. Yeah, so so he had his fingers in a lot of things, but he was born in Tampa, Florida, 1937. American businessman, actually pretty famous. He and his wife uh, were very charitable, so they had that going for him. But mm-hmm. he, he started his working career in his 20s and 30s trying to be a salesman in different industries and failed miserably at every one of them. And then he... Actually, I don't have a lot of details here, but basically got into the utility business. And, and so he ended up owning power plants in the state of New York and West Virginia, um, sold sold some businesses to Enron. That's a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. episode of the Enron debacle. But anyway, he, he was on the good side of that because he sold assets to them. Um, and then eventually uh, was the Houston Oilers owner and, and then graduated to the Tennessee Titans when some of those city movements occurred got it all right bud adams from tennessee titans yeah so so bud adams uh, this fits right in when when you're born in bartlesville o- oklahoma it, it seems to make sense that you made money from oil and natural gas <laughs> right we're not even going to talk about jerry <laughs> we're not even going to talk about jerry jones today of the cowboys but this is a total tangent so eric didn't even realize i was bringing number seven into this but yeah, Jerry Jones, they said he made money by investing in ground that you could basically stick a screwdriver in the ground and, and find oil. It's <laughs> a good investment. So, so that, that was either really good luck or he knew what he was doing. I don't know, but that, that's a whole different aside. So sorry about that. But uh, yeah, so so Bud Adams, uh, yeah, formed a, 
a resources and energy company, wholesale supplier of oil, natural gas. Even more interesting to me, though, is, you know, he was one of the founders of the American Football League, which a lot of people maybe don't have the history on this. At one time, there was two football leagues, the American Football League and the National Football League kind of fought, went back and forth, and eventually it all merged together into the NFL that we know today. Uh, some of his other business, though, was selling Lincoln Mercury automobile franchises. Hmm. So, all right. I did go. not know that. So. All right. Number five, Tom Benson, New yeah, Orleans so Tom, Saints. Yeah, Tom Benson. He was, he was born in New Orleans, and so then eventually becomes the owner of the team. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah. his, I don't know if I'd call it a claim to fame, but at a time when the Saints were actually winning, Many years ago, many years ago, uh, he was famous for kind of walking down and doing a little dance on on the field and having a fancy umbrella. I guess that's what New Orleans people do. But <laughs> anyway, you know, his his business career started, you know, when he dropped out of college and he became a car salesman and, you know, apparently worked his way up. And then he had the ability or, the, or I should say the opportunity to invest or, I'm sorry, not invest. But he got to go work at a failing car dealership in San Antonio, Texas, turned it around, became the owner, and then he started parlaying all his profits from the car dealerships into buying banks. Hmm. So he he really moved his way up, eventually made a lot of money um, owning lots of banks that he sold. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Then Daniel Snyder from the Washington Commanders, and for those that have no idea what team that is, used to be the Redskins. Yes, it, and this is this has some irony to it, you know. So, so Dan Snyder is the one living uh, owner of mm -hmm. the six as we record this. So he was he was born in the near Washington D.C. area, Silver Spring, Maryland, in 1964, and he probably falls into the camp, and I hate to say this, of, of hated owners. You know, sometimes owners really? in the league are, are more visible than others, and you just see them, you kind of cringe if that's not your team that you cheer for. Yeah. And, and I think he falls into that camp. So at age 17, he started his first business, which was a partnership with his father, and they were selling bus trip packages to Washington Capitol hockey fans to go see their team play in Philadelphia. Hmm. So, so basically, he's just kind of a hustler that's booking a bus and, and trying to make money by selling tickets on the bus. So that doesn't work too well. Then it turns to, he did the same sort of thing, leasing jets to college students so that they could fly to Fort Lauderdale and the Caribbean for spring break. He claims this worked. There's no documentation of this. But huh, <laughs> so, huh. so that was the first business. And then at age 25, he and his sister decide to start going into marketing and advertising. And, and so where they start this is what they call wallboard advertising. Just basically, essentially the equivalent of bulletin boards that they put in a a lobby or mm -hmm, an airport mm -hmm. or restrooms. I don't know. I don't know. And, and so from there, and that seems so simple and basic, doesn't it? Yeah. From there, it snowballs and it turns into more and more marketing, direct marketing, database, da database marketing. Hmm. You know, and just, he, he just, snowballed this thing to a massive amount of money which is really pretty amazing yeah and i never knew that till i read this because i always never liked the guy because i'm a cowboys fan you know? yeah yeah of course that's that was always the thanksgiving day game right yeah you know and, yeah. And, and, and so here's the ironic part of all this to me 
this guy made a fortune in marketing. Buys a team, the Redskins at the time, which again, snowballs in a bad way with public perception, the name mm -hmm. of the team, just, you know, so the guy that was successful in marketing really, I, I, I don't want to say met his fate, but it was marketing that almost kind of, so, to a certain extent, did him in. And by what I mean there is now, other things have snowballed up as problem issues that his team is for sale, Got quite it. simply. Okay. And, and, and so maybe I, I kind of disclosed a little bit of the problem areas we're going to dig into there too. But I mean, it, it's just interesting to me the way life uh, can give and the way life can take away. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to transition into kind of what the problems are with within each of these folks' lives and, and or past lives, if you will, uh, for the team, for the family, and so on and so forth. And you're going to point out some key things. But before we do that, i got to say I'm a little disappointed that none of these folks won their, their NFL team in a poker game. I was, hoping, <laughs> I was hoping that one of them would just anyone, you know, the, the Tennessee Titans in a poker game. But, right, you know, right. Maybe that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, and that's – we're going full circle on this. We're going to bring up some things that don't paint a very rosy picture for some, some of these people. But I do want to mm -hmm. say this. You don't become a billionaire in our country because of luck. Yeah. Not very often. You know what I mean? Great point. And, and so these people, no matter what issues I'm bringing up here in stories here soon – these people, I have a feeling, were very, very hard workers and driven and passionate about what they were doing to get where they got to get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. All right, let's dive in. Yeah, and, and so now that I've sort of put them on this pedestal, now we're going to just knock that out and let them have it. <laughs> <laughs> Fire away. Okay, so, so Joe Roby, this is a guy who had a wife and nine children when he passed away. And so... He had a will that basically sent, you know, basically all of his assets at his death to a living trust. And his wife didn't know this, and most of the kids didn't know this, but he named three of the kids as the co-trustees. Hmm. So you never know if they were getting along before he passed away, but suddenly you've got a lot of assets controlled by three of the kids. So they have six siblings that don't have a tidbit of power anymore yeah or the living wife has no power either this turns into just a massive family feud i can and, imagine and, and lawsuits and all this and essentially what happens is a couple years later his wife even passes away she left essentially nothing to two of the kids left a very small amount to the other kids uh, family had to sell nearly their entire stake in the Miami Dolphins franchise and they owned you know a large portion of the stadium they had to sell that too to pay uh, estate taxes jeez wow not was, ideal no, not poor, ideal just poor planning period yeah i mean it's one thing to have wishes and a desire and a plan but you darn well better communicate that and it's a lot easier to communicate it when you're when you're upright and fogging a mirror with your breath you know yeah yeah, seriously. All right. Well, that's a kind of a side end to that one. How about uh, Mr. Bolin? <laughs> Boy, this is going to be depression through and through, isn't it? So, <laughs> I kind of figured and, it wasn't going to get much better. Right. And I'm not here to make light of these things. You know, this, this is educational stuff. And yeah. 
and if somebody can take a positive nugget away from this, that's what we're up to do. But, okay, but here, so let's, let's, let's pause there for just a second, because honestly, I mean, you're talking about a guy who owns a stadium or a part, part of a stadium owns, you know, a huge share in a, in a team, um, you know, nine kids, wife. This is the same kind of thing that can happen if you, you know, just own farmland or you own property or a couple different houses, right? And you've got maybe three kids. It doesn't have to be nine kids, but you can do poor planning to where you alienate a couple of kids from the other one because maybe one's really responsible and you think you're doing a good thing by putting them in charge, you know, as the the a co-trustee or a trustee and it just becomes a huge nightmare for your family and and no no parent wants their children to fight, right? Whether they're alive or dead. Nobody wants that for their kids. They want everybody to get along, I think, at least in my opinion, everybody I've met. And so even though these stories are major, major people who are famous and have billions of dollars, it still is the same for a family that, you know, just has maybe some property and maybe a little bit of wealth. That's exactly right. It, it's spot on. You just, you got to communicate. You got to talk this stuff through. Yeah. Nobody knows when their day of reckoning is. Yeah. And, and another thing I see it all the time is, you know, I've had clients and I've asked them if they have a will or a trust and you get an answer, you don't get an answer. And sometimes years go by and then they come in and they say, yeah, I've got a trust. I said, well, when'd you get it? Oh, I've had it forever. I just forgot to tell you, you know, and I'm like, well, I asked you, well, yeah, <laughs> you well, remember when I asked you, Yeah. you know, or you see people that say, I have a trust. My, my attorney told me I need to put my checking account in the trust and do all these steps. And they do that. And then they go open another checking account. You know, so the point is this process we're talking about is ongoing. Yeah. Evolving. You got to stick with it and, you know, you can't just set it and forget it. You got to stay on this thing frequently. Anyway. Yeah. And for those, and I've heard this answer a bunch. Um, well, I'm just leaving everything to my wife or I'm just leaving everything to my kids. Okay. How, right? <laughs> because without the how you can't just say that and expect the tax man not to want a larger share than he should. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things with probate and all that jazz that people don't even think about and it can be devastating to a family. And so it's just, you, you've got to have the, how, how are you going to accomplish what your wishes are? Oh, spot on, spot on. And that's, Hey, here's the next story. It goes right into that. You know, so, so Pat Bolin from the Denver Broncos, you know, suddenly is diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, Mm. you know? And and so here's a whole nother path we can talk about, you know, healthy people don't stay healthy forever and suddenly something can pop up, you know? And, and so if, if something pops up a debilitating disease, it might be tough to then do the estate planning stuff. So, you know, earlier is better. But anyway, so he he comes down with an illness, passes away, and none of his family has an idea of who's supposed to take over next. So this is a complete disaster wow. too. Yeah. And and so that they sell the team. So maybe it's fine to sell the team, but was that really what was was the goal? Probably not. Yeah. You know? And yeah. To your point too, I have people that name their kids as beneficiaries and they might say, oh, you know, I don't have all six kids as birthdays or social security numbers today, Corey. I'll just name the oldest one because he or she, you know, they'll do the right thing. If something happens to me, they'll divide the money up. And I look oh, at them and I say, no, they might not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's put a little effort in and do this thing the right way instead of just assuming that there's a good outcome. Yeah. And then... And- yeah, I mean, there's just so many stories of of people that feel like they're owed something, right? And and well, I I loaned mom and dad this, or I helped 
pay this for mom and dad. And so when they pass, I'm going to take, you know, my chunk back. Uh, and, and the other kids maybe didn't know. And it just creates a disaster. Absolute yep. disaster. So absolutely. All right. What about uh, Bob McNair? Yeah. So, so this one, you know, Bob actually had a plan. His okay. plan after he dies was that his wife and his, his one son would, would take over the Houston Texans and run the operation. Okay. So that part seems okay. Now, if you connect the dots or look forward, what you determine is maybe not everybody is uh, cut out to succeed in a new role. Mm -hmm. So over the three seasons after he passed away, they had to fire a general manager. They went through two coaches, lost a president of the team, uh, Jeez. won very few games, and they fell to 17th in attendance in the league. So maybe this plan was better than no plan. I'll give it that. But sometimes you need to think through and maybe family isn't the best person to take over your job or your role. Yeah. You know, you need to, and I say this at work all the time, you got to put people in a position where they can succeed, you know, whatever their skill level is or whatever their abilities are, put them in the place where they can succeed. And if it's not running an NFL team, by all means, you know, put things in perspective, put it in place so that they can go do what they're good at. Yeah. Well, you've talked about this before with businesses, business owners. It's it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, my son's going to take over the business. But you built the business. You, you were talking earlier about that you believe each of these people that you were talking about worked really, really hard. There, was, there wasn't a lot of luck involved in them getting to this position where they owned a team. They worked their butts off for that. That builds a certain type of character. And like it or not, your, your children being raised in an environment where you own a football team or you're a hustler and you've, you've made good money for your family, they don't have that same hustle. They don't have that same determination. And so they're not going to have the same stick to They're not going to have the same abilities that you did. And as, as nice and a, a rosy picture as it would be to pass the team and the operations to your wife and your son, they may not just be built for that. And that's okay. Just not in that situation. Absolutely. And I don't have this source documented, but the stat as you're speaking comes to mind. And I think it is a lot of family businesses by that third generation are, are done. You church know what sleeves, I mean? The church sleeves in three generations. Yep. That's yeah, you know, pretty much it. So yeah, it is what it is, I guess. You know? It is. And it, it can all be taken care of. And, and again, this is just my opinion, but it can all be taken care of with a very heartfelt conversation with someone like you who does planning, who does it and can point these things out. Is this going to be the best thing for them and the team overall and, and them long term um, or the business overall instead of you know swap business for team? Same thing. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's that that's huge. Um, well, let's move on to Bud Adams. But tell us about Bud. Yeah, so so Bud Adams, Tennessee Titans, he he passes away. He's got a plan, you know. So we'll give him a, a, a golden star for that one. Here's the problem: he divides the ownership of his team amongst three different branches of his family. Oh, <laughs> does it sound good? <laughs> no, it. You wonder. I didn't know the guy, but you wonder if he did it on purpose just to create a big old storm 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or yeah. maybe he thought it was going to bring everybody together around the table to be able oh, to talk sure. and work things out. That's a good point too. Probably isn't the right way to do it. <laughs> no. And, and I'll tell you why. It doesn't matter if you're a billionaire or, or mom and pop down the street, you start incorporating kids and their spouses outside the bloodline and you get a lot of different attitudes and opinions oh, yeah. on stuff. Yeah, you know? for sure. Here's, here's the one good takeaway of that one though. After that uh, cluster, we'll call it, <laughs> the NFL did implement a new rule where every team owner has to do an annual designation of their succession plan. Oh, well, there you go. So That's good. I guess Bud kind of took one for the team on that. But anyway. Yeah, in, in a way. And, no pun and it's a great point. I'd like to make that too. And you refer to that. My business, I have a succession plan. Yeah. If somebody runs a car dealership, they should have a succession plan and the next business and the next business. And you look at it every year, every year, and you update it to see if it's still important and accurate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Tom Benson. So Tom Benson of the saints, you know, this is an interesting one. This one ends up in the court system too, mm. but, uh, apparently there were issues when he was age 87 as to whether he was competent mentally or not. So he, he, he wins that challenge a month later, changes his will, throws the estate plan out the window, you know, puts together what he thinks is the right thing. Oh, geez. This gets a little complicated because Mr. Benson at this point is on his third wife, has children, has grandchildren. There's a lot of people involved in the mix here. One of the granddaughters had been essentially verbally promised that she was going to run the team. So you can hmm. see where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> what ends up happening, the newest will, as he passes away, gives the team to his third wife. Oh, geez. <laughs> so needless to say. Do we have her say, age out of curiosity? Do, 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 did you know her age? Um, yes. She was. Oh, that's a very. I do have that. Interesting. She was 68. Okay. Older than years. I thought she'd be. I'll be honest. Now, older, older than I thought she'd be. <laughs> You know. So, I mean, still 19 years younger, but uh, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. That so, okay? So let's connect the dots of that. With I mean, without casting judgment, we have an 87 year old man who somebody apparently wasn't sure if he was competent. Mm -hmm. You got multiple people at the table, and suddenly there's a major shift in something that had been sounds yeah. like talked about or planned to the newest person in the family tree, essentially. Yeah, man. And and that's when you get into, you know, and I, again, I don't know the full story, but did third wife have children? And if she had children, then where's the the team going to go once she passes? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to stick with, you know, the original children from the first wife or the second wife or the grandkids from the first or second wife. Um, normally, you see that where... They marry somebody new, the new person has a couple of kids, and all of a sudden the, the family fortune that would have been multi-generational, you know, uh, a, a multi-generational blessing for the kids and grandkids that have been around for a very long time, all of a sudden it's just gone to the new wife's kids. And that's just yep. heartbreaking. It is. And, you know, we all know people that are maybe 100 years old and they have a great mind and a great physical appearance. But sometimes people and their capacity, you know, changes. Yeah. And that can change at age 60 or 70 or 80. You know that 
having these conversations and having a proper team in place, man, can't stress enough. Earlier in life is better than maybe too late. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Number six, our last one, Dan Snyder. Yeah. So we're back to him. And I, I, I kind of spoiled it a little bit when I, when I talked about the marketing thing, but you know, he, he really drew a line in the sand by saying, I will never, never change the name of this franchise, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the heat kept bubbling up and bubbling up. And, and then I think the league, the NFL league was, this is Corey's opinion. I think the league probably started pressuring him, you know, and saying, man, is this the fight you really want to fight? And then the, the companies that were paying him marketing dollars for naming rights on the stadium, they start pressing. And then the NFL starts investigating the whole Washington football team, mm. football club, now commanders, you know, internally. And, and what ended up happening is there, there was concerns of, of it not being a very nice work environment. And the whole thing just snowballed in an ugly way. And now it, it's indicated that the market is on the team. And, you know, you got people like Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos of Amazon supposedly in the, in in the front row looking to buy this thing. So, yeah. And you know, again, I'm not trying to make enemies here, bash anybody, but I'm pretty sure the audience would agree and, and you as well, that once some bad news starts coming out, right? Some, some accusations are made, some, um, you know, some bad press happens. The media is like a bunch of piranhas. What else can we find to jump on the bandwagon of bad news so that I'm the next headline that people are gravitating towards. For and sure. it just, it, you know, they're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt in any way, shape or form on any of that, because that doesn't sell papers. Oh, wait a second. Let's take a step back. He's actually a good guy. <laughs> Nobody's writing that story. It's yep. all guess what else we found about him. Yep. Let me tell you about Dan, Dan, what Dan does in his spare time. Yeah, not you're good. right. And, and nobody knows again, all of these owners, and there's a lot of people in our country, they hustle and hustle and hustle and make something of themselves. And they had to change people's lives along yes. the way in a positive way Absolutely. and make positive impact. But you're right. What have you done for me lately? You know, mm. seems to come to the top of the the pool and and it's too bad. You know, we, we see public figures in all backgrounds fall from grace, essentially. Yeah. And, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't solve it. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of solving things, You've got four takeaways from today's yep. podcast, from today's episode, from from these life examples, real life examples. Right. And, and these takeaways, like we said earlier, these apply to everybody. You don't have to be famous. You just have to, to be somebody, anybody, and you yeah. can take these things away and, and improve the future, essentially. And so, number one, leave a legacy. This is the first benefit of addressing some of this planning and the mm -hmm. state planning issues. You know leave a legacy for your kids or your family or, you know, how do you want to be remembered? I guess is what that really shortens up to. Yeah. The second one, this might be the most important one. Don't leave a burden for your loved ones. Oh, agreed. hundred percent. And that was kind of a theme of what we talked about here with some planning, with some communication, you can make it a heck of a lot easier when this stuff's got to be unwound or passed on. And, and that and we're not talking football teams. We're talking a farm. We're talking, stuff, your investments, you know, whatever house, anything. So well, Corey, it was just right there. Just pause for a second because I, as I, I had a, a, a piece of property years ago that was a rental property. I had to evict somebody. 
Um, it wasn't a good situation. And we had to go to court four times. It took three months to get them evicted. They did a lot of damage to the house, so on and so forth. That was probably one of my top three most stressful times in my life. And it was just an eviction from a rental property. <laughs> Can you right. imagine what these families are going through, how they're feeling, how much they're having to go to court? Even if it's their attorneys that are going to court on their behalf, most of the time they're still going there a lot of times. Uh, you know, and the unknown, and it doesn't take three months. It takes years and years and years. Yep. I can't imagine th how much stress that would put on a family and, and just in, in each individual. So I love that, that that was your 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 next. Yeah. Stress, time, effort. Yeah. You know, we all know people that don't get together at Thanksgiving anymore after mom and dad are gone. Yeah. You know? True. Anyway. Absolutely. So, yeah, the third one, you know, and this is, maybe this is a little touchy, but I, I, I'm saying, you know, a potential benefit is supporting charity. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that they're, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. Your assets don't have to go all go to your kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If yeah. you have a cause that you like, by all means support it. And I think your kids will understand and appreciate that. You know, they aren't just sitting around waiting to inherit all these assets. If, if they're 70 years old and mom and dad are 90 or a hundred when they pass away, you know, yeah. do what you want to do with your stuff. Yep. Absolutely. And, and the fourth one, take control, you know, just have control of what the final destiny is of all this stuff. Yeah. Your plan can be different than my plan and the next person's, but communicate it, get it together and make it easy for the next generation or the charity or whomever. Yeah. I like how you phrased it earlier. How do you want to be remembered? And again, not trying to be disrespectful, but the six people you just spoke about, aren't being remembered well when it comes to the, what the plan they made. Um, I think right. that people would like to be remembered. Hey, mom and dad did it right. Hey, grandma and grandpa really did it right. They really set everybody up in the family in a good way, responsible way that helped us to all be successful and continue that success to the next generation. I would love for my kids and grandkids to be able to say that about me. You know what? And if they say it about you, they're going to take care of their stuff better. And Absolutely. then it just, it continues down the down the family tree. Hundred percent, sir. Thank you so much. This is this is fun. This is a good one. And to that listener that suggested this, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Take he that. was able to do it. Yep, yep. Yeah, we right appreciate on. it. Challenge accepted, and you knocked it out of the park. Game on. Game on. All right, <laughs> Corey. Thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Win Podcast. What's important now? The show that helps you achieve your financial dreams. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Stop Doing Dumb Things With Your Money by Corey Hymanson, visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. 
Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.